here we are. It's 2019. First Wednesday, and you're all in church. Awesome. We're, we're doing what, as, as Daniel said, we're doing uh, 21 days of prayer. It's called Pray First, and uh, that started actually yesterday, but we're going to uh, really kick it off tonight, and um, it starts with, we have a natural, I guess it's a reset button. Anybody ever, that's the way I look at New Year's Day. It's kind of like, hey, we're going to hit the reset button, go to factory design settings, and just hit the reset button. Because, you know, whenever you have a computer or anything like that, when it runs and it stays on for a really long time, sometimes things get boogered up. Anybody ever have a computer that just, you look at it and you go, it's all boogered up. And what you call, you call up, you know, customer support. What's the first thing they say to do? Turn it off and turn it back on. Or hit the reset button. I just, I call the cable company and the first thing they say, well, you hold down the power button for five seconds and it'll reboot your system and that should fix it. I'm going, okay. So that's really what the new year is for us. We're going to hold down the reset button, <laughs> hold down the power button, and reset and go back to how we were designed to function. Sometimes we get boogered up with all the stuff that happens in our lives. Because, you know, last year, 2018, for some of us, it was an incredible year. For others, it was a pretty good year. For others, it was awful. That's just reality. I mean, I, I was with a guy today, and this year his dad died, his wife died, all kinds of crazy stuff, bad. And he sat in my office, and we cried together today. He said, I'm just glad 2018's done. It was a bad year. And it was just, that was his perspective. And I get it. 1996 was that year for me. It was awful. Three loved ones died. All kinds of bad things happened. When it was done, I went, glad that's over. We can hit the reset button and start over. So tonight, I want you to just kind of in your mind, just think of the new year that we're going to hit the reset button. We're just going to... And it's going to reboot to factory settings. So since we're going to reboot to factory settings, let's look at what the factory settings are. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Since we're going to reboot, let's look at what they are. Now, I think to start with, this is called Pray First. So to start with, I think it's, it's good to look at one scripture, and that is James 4.2. It says, you have not because you ask not. So sometimes people say, well, what in the world? Why isn't God moving? And I would say to you, have you asked him to move? Many times we forget to ask God to do stuff, and then we wonder why stuff isn't happening. And I would say it starts with you have not because you ask not. So I would, the first point tonight I would say is let's ask God for big things in 2019. Amen? Let's ask God for big things. Let's shoot for the moon, asking God, and I would say to start with, the most important thing in this world is people. So to start with tonight, before we go any further, I want you, if you have a piece of paper or if you have a memo thing on your phone, I want you to get out your phone or a piece of paper and write down the 
three people, at least three, that you really want to commit to ask God to touch in the 2019, that their lives, maybe they're saved, but they're not really walking with God. Maybe they're totally not saved. Maybe they're sick and they need healing. Something on that order. But just three people that you're gonna write down, keep it in your phone, keep it on the paper, keep it somewhere, that you're gonna pray for these three people. Maybe your list is gonna be 20. You know, a year ago my mom died. I'm not choked up, I just got something in my throat. My mother's in heaven, I'm not choked up. My mom was 94, (coughs) excuse me, and she had a great life. But a year ago, today, we did her funeral, and she had a prayer list of 110 people that she prayed for every day. That's pretty amazing, okay? So I'm just asking you for three, okay? I'm not asking for 100, I'm asking you for three. So, and you don't have to show them to me or anybody else, but I'm just asking you, I'm challenging you to make a list of three people that you're gonna pray for on a regular basis. I'm not gonna say pray for them every single day, because then if you miss, you're gonna feel all bad and guilty. But I'm gonna ask you to pray for them on a regular basis, okay? Whatever it is they need. Maybe they need to get saved. Maybe they need healing. Maybe they need to get just fired up for Jesus. Maybe they need a spouse. I don't know. But the, the point is, many times we have not because we ask not. So I would encourage us, ask this year. And ask for others because that's God's plan for our lives. That's God's, that's God's number one thing is people. Not things or stuff, it's people. So let's pray for people. So number one, ask. Okay? This past year, it may have been a good year, a bad year, or an ugly year, okay? but that's behind us now, and we've got to go forward, and we've got to realize that God has a great plan for us this year. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a hope and a future. See, God has plans for us, and they're plans for good and not harm to give us a hope and a future. God's got a great plan. One of the things that I did with my sons, I had five sons, have five sons, and when they were young, really, like really, really young, I started praying with them every night. I'd sit with them and talk with them and pray with them before they went to bed. And one of the things, I would lead them in a prayer, and I always prayed this prayer And we would always say, thank you, God, that you put a hedge of protection around our family, that no evil can come near us, no plague can come near our dwelling, that you'll give me sweet sleep and only dreams from you, and we stop every bad dream. Then when he would say, I thank you that I'm a world shaker, that I'm a history maker, and I'm going to do great things for you, God. Every day we'd say that. Thank you, God, that I'm a world shaker, that I'm a history maker, that I'm going to do great things for you, God. And you know, I think they believed it. We told them so many times, my wife and I told them so many times that today that my, my, my youngest son gets up and he goes, as my dad always said, we are world shakers where we're history made. He's preaching and I'm going, you go, boy. He listened. But see, that's God's plan for us. God's plan for all of us, not just 
me or my kids. It's for all of us is that we would shake this world, that we would make history, that God's plan for us is big. It's not a mediocre plan. It's a good plan. It's a great plan for us. He has, his plans are to hear and answer your prayers. That's his plan. His plan is to hear and answer your prayers. Not just hear them, but answer them. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which means asking, with thanksgiving, letting your request known, letting your request be made known to God. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything is basically what that, what that verse says. Don't worry about anything. Don't waste your time worrying. Pray. Ask God to intervene in that situation. Whatever that situation is, pray and agree. If any two of you shall agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done according to the will of my Father, Jesus said in Matthew 18. If any two of you, then say if these specific two, it says if any two of you shall agree is touching anything, it shall be done according to the will of my Father. So it's pretty important to know what the will of the Father is, right? Because it's according to the will of my Father. Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So we believe we receive when we pray, when we're asking God for whatever it is, and then we start calling those things that be not as though they were, right? I'm, I'm talking to the right crowd, right? We call those things that be not as though they were. We aren't just calling it like it is, because if you keep saying what it is, it is, that's all you're ever going to get. You've got to start calling things that be not as though they were. So we call things that be not as though they were based on the Word of God. So if someone is not saved and walking really funky in their life, in your prayer closet and by yourself, you say, we call that person a man of, or a man or a woman of God, that they walk in the light that you give them, that they walk in holiness, that they walk in righteousness, that they walk fulfilled, that you, that you fulfill every promise and every plan that you have over their life. You start talking like that about that person. Why? Because we're calling those things that be not as though they were. That's part of prayer. Just to reboot our life and say, listen, this is how we live. Because many times we, we've prayed in the past and maybe not everything happened the way that we asked God for it to happen. And many times what happens is that we decide, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Well, I would, I would encourage you today, hit the reset button and try again. And this time, hit it hard, get somebody to agree with you, and stick with it. Because you know what? It's what God said. And our experience neither validates nor invalidates God's word. God's word is valid on its own. That's a mouthful. If you didn't hear that, our experience, my experience, neither validates nor invalidates God's word. God's word stands on its own. It's valid because it's God's word, not because I experience something that's consistent with the word of God. So if there's a problem, the problem rests with me, not with God's word. That's all I'm saying. So I would encourage you today, let the past be the past. 
Today's a new day. It's a new year. Let's get started on the right foot. Let's go in the right direction, and let's go forward. What's the starting point? The starting point is knowing that you can go to God and that he hears your prayers. James 5.16 is a verse that I want to go to. It says, Confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or is mighty in its working. I remember I was a camp counselor for 20 years, but the very first time I was ever a camp counselor, it was 1985, so that'd be 34 years ago. I was a camp counselor, and I had a 10, 10-year-old boys in my cabin, and one of them threw up all over another one in the middle of the night. It was not fun. So I had to clean up all the mess, and I don't want to discourage you from being a camp counselor, but yeah, that happened to me. It was not pretty. But anyway, we got it all cleaned up, and I remember praying for that kid, and I said, his name was Scotty. I won't say his last name, but his name was Scott. We called him Scotty. And I prayed for that kid, and I quoted that verse. Father, I thank you that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, and I am righteous because Jesus Christ has made me righteous. So I ask you to touch Scotty and make him well in Jesus' name. That's all I said. I remember it very clearly. The next morning, Scotty got up. He ate breakfast. He was good the rest of the week. But I started with that premise that the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much or is very powerful. But it's not righteousness based on our actions. It's not righteousness based on our abilities or our training or our experience. It's righteousness that's a gift from God. See, you're righteous. If you've made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, he made him that knew no sin to become sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody look at themselves and say, I'm righteous. How do you look at yourself? We're like this. I am righteous. I am righteous. Now, that somebody might say, oh, it sounds very prideful. It's not prideful. It's obedient to the word of God. The word of God says that he made him, Jesus, that knew no sin to become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not righteous by what you do. You do good things because you're righteous. it's, It's not a cause effect thing. You are already made righteous. So the good works that you do, they're not They don't make you righteous. They're byproducts of your imputed righteousness. So we start with the premise that you are righteous. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're righteous. And as a righteous person, your prayers are powerful. As a righteous person, it makes a difference if you ask God. He hears you. He said right there, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much or is mighty in its working. Now, what does it mean to be effective? Consistent with the word of God. What does it mean to be fervent? To be passionate about it and really care. That's what fervency means. It's just to be passionate or really care. Of a righteous person, you are righteous, 
that says is mighty in its working or it's, it avails much, it says in the, in the King James. So when you start with that premise, I'm a righteous person, my prayers are heard by God, my prayers make a difference. Everybody with me so far? If we know that, then we can go to the next step. The next one, it starts with, we go, we go to what's the pattern of prayer then? Because all we're talking about right now is just requests. But there's really a pattern of prayer. And when the disciples were with Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. So he gave them a pattern of prayer. And the pattern of prayer is the, is the Lord's prayer. And he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, we all, I, I as a kid, every meal, <clears throat> every meal that we ever had, we prayed the Lord's Prayer. If my dad wasn't home, we prayed the Lord's Prayer. That's what we always prayed, the Lord's Prayer. My dad was home, my dad would pray. But when my dad wasn't home, we prayed the Lord's Prayer. So for us, we would, we would kind of race and see how fast we could say it. But that's, not, that's just memorization. That's not, power, that's not what we want to do. It's not a, ma a matter of memorization. The Lord's Prayer is a pattern of prayer. So the first thing we do is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What we do is we're acknowledging his lordship in our life. When we say, our Father in heaven, we're acknowledging that he is our Father. It's a relational thing, that we're coming to him not based on servitude or anything else. We're coming as a, as a child, as his child, that has a relationship with him. Then, hallowed be your name, we're acknowledging honor and reverence to his name. That's where we start. And what does it mean there? You come into his presence with singing. What did we do for the first 20 minutes tonight? We sang. We come into his presence with praise and with thanksgiving. You enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise. You enter his presence with thanksgiving and praise. People always say, why do we always sing first? Because of that verse, mostly. Because singing prepares our own hearts and it, and it also brings honor and praise to God and it says to enter his presence with singing. So that's what we do. It's that simple. So as we enter his presence with singing and his courts with praise, then we, we, we know that he hears us and we're entering into his very presence. Then we can, after we've, we're thankful to him, and we bless his name, then we can present our own requests. We can, then we can go ahead and say, Lord, I, I, you know, that's where it says, give us this day our daily bread, right? So we present our requests to God, and that's where your list comes in. Father, I pray for this person, and we ask that you touch him. And, and that's where you rely on the Holy Spirit to lead you into what exactly that person needs. And you start praying specifically. And I would always say, pray as specifically as you know to pray. Pray very specifically. So don't just say, oh, bless that person. Find out, pray, ask, whatever you got to do. What is it that that person needs specifically? Okay? Not just bless them. Say, bless them with a job or 
bless them with a house or bless them with whatever it is or thank you that by Jesus stripes they're healed or just whatever they need get specific in your requests as you're praying for those other people and then then your own needs whatever it is instead of just asking for a bike ask for what brand what color and how big of a bike that you need I mean get specific Dr. Cho who pastored the largest church in the world for a lot of years, 800,000 people in Seoul, Korea, he always said to pray specifically. Don't pray generally. Pray When you're asking God to do something and to move in a particular way, pray as specifically as you possibly can and ask God to move in a very specific way. Why? Because if that, because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to pray specifically about things. Not just general blanket prayers, but to pray specifically about particular people and about needs, whatever it is that we have. Then we, then we do a heart check. We say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's talking about keeping our own heart free from unforgiveness. Because one of the things that stops up the flow of our relationship with God is when we have unforgiveness towards someone. So what we got to do is we got to kind of flush out our, back flush our heart, if you want to call it that. Do a little heart back flush and flush out any unforgiveness that we might have. And we consciously go to God and say, God, show me my own heart. You know, it says in Jeremiah 10, 17, that the heart of man is desperately wicked and no man can know it. So don't be too um, offended if I tell you, you need to ask God, God, show me my own heart. I don't even know it. Show me if I have anything wrong in me. You know, that's what David did. He said, show me my weaknesses. Show me where I'm blowing it. Show me and lead me in the way everlasting. Right? You all familiar with that, right? So go to God and say, God, show me my own heart. Is there anything in me that's displeasing to you? Is there, is there any unforgiveness in my heart? God, cleanse me. God, I want to backflush my heart. I want to get rid of all this junk. I want you to fill me with, with pure Holy Ghost righteousness. And I don't want to have any yuck in my heart. I don't want to have any unforgiveness in my heart. I want to I just have a heart that's pure. I want to have a heart that's clean and free from any junk. God, cleanse me. God, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's, that's a, a prayer of consecration. And we do that on a regular basis. And we need to do that on a regular basis. So today, I'm going to encourage you, have that, part of your, have that part of your prayer. Say, God, show me my heart. Cleanse me. Do a, clean, a heart cleanse in me. And let me have a heart that's just free from offense, free from being clogged up with hurt, and bitterness, and unforgiveness. I don't want to have that in my life. Do you, anybody see the Christmas program that we did, the Scrooge? Anybody here that see the Scrooge? Well, in the Scrooge, the angel of Christmas past talks to Scrooge, and she says, your heart is all bound up with regrets and hurts. And that was what was clogging him up. And got him all messed up in his life. And when he finally forgave and he finally got rid of it all, then he could really be the person that God had called him to be. 
and then he gave his life to the Lord at the end of the production. And I would say that's, that's, the, that's the case with us. When we have hurts and disappointments and regrets, it clogs up our heart. So as part of our prayer, we've got to say, God, if there's anything clogging up my heart, I want to get rid of it. I choose to lay it aside and, Lord, just flow through me and let me be a vessel that can really flow in, the, in a correct way and in a, in a free way. And then we take authority. Once we're there, then we take authority over the devil. And you go back into your list and you, you pray about the people that you're praying for. And we bind the enemy and we command the blinders that are on their eyes to be removed. We command the devil to get his hands off those people and off those situations. And we loose God's angels to be, to be dispatched to help and render aid and assistance to his people. And that's, that's where we do spiritual warfare. And we just bind and loose because the Bible says whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is bound in heaven and whatever is loosed on the earth is also loosed in heaven. So the power of God, God listens when we pray and when we loose. So we bind the enemy and we loose the angels of God to come and render aid and assistance to those that need aid and assistance around us. So that's spiritual warfare. So we, gotta, we start there. And then we end our prayer with an expression of God's ability and faithfulness. What do, what do I mean by that? In the Lord's Prayer, it says, for thine is the kingdom. In other words, you're the king. For thine is the power. You have the ability. For yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. See, you're, you're, you're expressing, God, you can do this. Not only can you do it, but you, but you have already accomplished it. And Lord, you're able, that you're, you're king. You have all authority. And that we're thankful that you hear us. You know, 1 John 5, 15 says, and we know that if he hears, we know that he hears us. 1 John 5, 15, and we, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now that's a pretty strong statement. It, the verse just prior to this says that he does hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now that is pretty much a um, guarantee right there from God that he hears us. And when we ask according to his will, he hears us and he will hear our prayers and he will answer them. And that should inspire us to ask God, to ask big and to not shrink back, not just look back and say, well, you know, well, I'll pray, but who knows? No, not true. When we pray, God hears us. And when we pray, things change. Things change in our life when we pray. If you don't pray, you won't have. Because it says you have not because you ask not. Okay? So as we go forward and as we go into this, I would say make your list. Make your list. Put on that list your three people. Put on that list the things that you're believing for. Have material things have spiritual goals, have material goals, have pray for our nation because 
the Bible says that we need to pray for those in authority over us that we might have peace. So pray for our country. Come against the spirit of division that's trying to tear our country apart right now. Okay, That's one of the things we've got to do. We've got to come against that spirit of division that's trying to tear everybody apart. And to, to, that same spirit of division that's trying to tear homes apart and trying to tear churches apart and trying to tear our whole nation apart. That's what's going on in our nation right now. We've got to bind that thing. And when we see it, we've got to make sure that we're not part of the problem by saying divisive things or accusing things or other things. We've got to think about what we're saying so that we're not being part of the, being used by the enemy to cause division and cause strife, but rather we need to speak words of life and words of kindness and words of, of healing and not words of division. That's, that's our part, okay, because we play a part in this. But as you go forward in these 21 days, I want to encourage you, make your list. Realize that you're righteous and ask and ask big. And then write it down, put a date next to it, and don't lose the piece of paper or go back in that thing in your phone and, and look at it. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to look at it and you're going to say, hmm, look at that. I remember years and years ago in this, in this room, I was sitting right where my wife is sitting now. And we had an all-night prayer meeting in here years. I mean, it's probably 25 years ago at least. And I remember we, we prayed specifically for her one brother and because he was kind of in a funky spot in his life and we agreed and we actually sowed a seed specifically for that and we prayed and we agreed and it was a little while but you know what he came to the Lord he well he was already he was already saved but he was in a funky spot and but he got totally right with God totally on fire for the Lord, and he's been serving the Lord ever since. And I remember we prayed specifically sitting right there, and we agreed and sowed a seed for him. And that's what happened. He got saved, or he got his life right with the Lord, and he completely revolutionized everything. See, and those types of things can happen. So what is it that you really, the effective, fervent, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about it? See, if you're like, like, yeah, it'd be really nice if this happened, God. Well, that's not a passionate prayer. That's not a fervent prayer. Yeah, it'd be kind of nice, but oh well, if it doesn't happen, say la vie. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Praying fervent prayers is passionate, committed to it, keeping on, keeping on, and thanking God that he's heard your prayers and that he'll answer them and that it's according to your word and we put you in remembrance of your word and thanking him for it and thanking him for it and thanking him for it and keeping on, keeping on and not giving up. But then keep a record so that you can go back and say, remember that day, that's where we started and look what God did, right? Because that's powerful, that that keeping that record is very important. So I'm going to encourage you, write down dates next to your list. I just want to, I can't stress this enough. Please make a list. Make a list. People, different things that you, you need God to do. Pray over it and then start trusting God specifically. And ask God to give you specific strategies and how to pray for each one of those things. And I believe with all my heart, that they'll come to pass. I really do. 
I think you're going you're gonna to be blown away at what happens when you consistently, aggressively, and passionately pray and lay these things before the Lord. Things are going to change. And you're going to look back and go, why didn't I do this earlier? And that's what I would say too. But here, you know, this is an old quote, but I'm going to say it. The best day to start praying was 20 years ago. But the second best day to start praying is today. Okay, so just start today. Forget about the past. Just start today. Just start today. Make a commitment to start today. And don't quit when 21 days are done. It's just, we're doing this 21-day thing because it helps people get started. Well, if you told them, you need to pray every day for the rest of your life, people go, no way, I ain't doing that. But if you tell them, all you got to do is do it for 21 days, they go, oh, I can do it for 21 days. And then by the time 21 days are done, you're going, man, I ain't going to stop. This is really cool. Things are changing. That's what we're hoping happens, is that you see that God really does here when we pray. He really does answer prayers and that you have a right to go to him as his child. You're righteous and the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person is very powerful and it changes things around you. Let's, let's end with a prayer here. Father, we thank you that as we make that list and as we do what we've talked about and as we stand on your word I thank you, Father, that you are going to do incredible things in our lives, that prayers are going to be answered. People are coming into the kingdom. Healings are going to manifest. Funds are going to be released. People's lives are going to be transformed. The, the, the backslider will come to a, to a passionate relationship with Jesus. The prodigal will come home. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers, and that, Father, if you hear us, you'll grant our requests because you love us and that we're your children, and you've told us to ask. And so we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.